one time like this, make it pop like this, make it knock like this. One time like this, make it pop like this, knock like this, make it drop one time like this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Mentorship Uncomplicated. My name is Wallace. Uh, when we started this podcast two years ago, the idea behind it was for us to tell stories about our journeys um, and hopefully learn fr- something from it. Um, being in business, of course, you have mentors. And um, in my case, uh, my mentors used to guide me through stories of their life experiences. And I learned quite a lot from it. Um, but I, I, it took some time off to, to just um, uh, basically just go through uh, the user experiences of life. And um, now starting it over again, the idea behind it is um, success is very easy to see. It's always out there. But I believe that success is a byproduct of something. And uh, the, the ingredients, the major ingredients are the person and the process. And I believe that these are not highlighted enough. And I believe that this podcast should be able to do that. Because the only way that you can learn is by inviting people here to talk about their journeys, their failures. Because I believe that if we do not talk about our failures, we deny people um, a chance to learn. So this is a podcast where people are allowed to come and just talk about their journeys and be vulnerable about it. And uh, hopefully our listeners or whoever is watching is able to pick one or two things. So I'll be the first guest of this podcast. I'll tell my story. I've told my story before uh, on the previous episodes, but there's always something new to, to bring out and to learn. Um, so I've picked uh, my very good friend, Mr. Danny, here to have a conversation with. Uh, the reason why I picked Danny is because I've known Danny for quite some time and uh, we've got a very good friendship. So it makes it easier for me to be able to communicate with him and for him to ask me the questions um, that ideally not everybody would ask me or, or at least he's going to ask based on what he knows about me. So Danny, welcome to the episode. It's been a while since we did this. And uh, I'll give you the run. (laughs) It really has been a while. And it's really good to be back for the second leg of Mentorship Uncomplicated. I've really been looking forward to having this conversation because like you've mentioned, it's been two years. So this means there's been more experiences now and more reflections on your life and everything that you've been through. So I know for sure that whether someone has watched the previous episodes or it's their first time, they're definitely going to pick out something that's really going to change their life. I mean, I'm always learning from you, yeah. both the good, the bad, and thrice, the ugly. But uh, it's, it's really been amazing, and I'm really looking forward to having this conversation, us diving deeper, seeing what's new with you, and seeing parts of your stories, the little intricacies that you haven't been able to share previously. Yeah. So thank you for having me. I'm really glad to be here and ready to do this. Yeah. You're welcome. First and foremost... I really feel that a person's background really affects who they end up becoming later on, right? In psychology, we've learned that a child's formative age, which is from like zero to eight years old, are the years in which a child's experiences, rapid cognitive, social, environmental, and physical development really affects how they're going to grow, and that will drive their aspirations. I'm really trying to find out here, What experiences have you had growing up in your formative years, your early years from zero to eight, that have really come to affect who you are as a person today? Okay, um, thank you for that question. I think, um, so go back to um, my history when I was young. Actually, when I look at it now, 
Um, my life has always been driven towards one direction. So my purpose when I was young, uh, or what I felt was my purpose when I was young, and I, I'm grateful that I was able to have the privilege of understanding what my purpose was when I was quite young. Uh, I think I've lived through that up to this point, and uh, it has guided me in every direction that I've, and, and, and through the journey to, for me to become who I am today. So when I was young, I, 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 I was born, we used to live with my grandparents, and um, up until zero to, I think, four or five. And then we, my mom got married. So when she got married, she, she, was, uh, she had two grown kids, so myself and my sister. And we moved from my, my grandparents' house to um, now where she got married. And um, I, I, it was very different. It was a very different experience because we, when we were growing, at, uh, when I was growing up at my grandparents' house, I, uh, I think we had more or less what we needed. But when we moved, uh, my mom of course got married to this family, and uh, things changed a bit. Um, I think it's obvious, and especially in our African culture, where if you get married with kids, you looked in a certain way. So I, I think she never really got uh, the same favor that any other um, lady would get. Um, so we were accepted, but we were not fully accepted in that family. And uh, of course, now that made her go through certain struggles that she didn't have to go to. The family that we got married to, or she got married to, was a well-off family, but we never got the perks. We never... We're never treated like everybody else. Um, and I think the fact that she came with two grown kids was a big issue, even if up to this day we never address it. Um, but I'm sure if she watches this episode, we'll, it will come up. So, yeah. Um, so, of course, that's denied us certain privileges uh, that we were experiencing before we moved. For example, our lifestyle changed. The house we were living at uh, didn't have electricity, didn't have running water, um, didn't have the basics so just let's just for now let's name the electricity and running water <laughs> and it was a problem i mean the good thing is that when i was young i was able to see problems uh, from a very young age and i'm generally a fixer um and even when i was growing up uh, like whatever i wanted to fix first of all i wanted to create a certain lifestyle and my mom tells me this and i remember it I told her that when I grow up, we'll build, I'll build them a big house for us to live, all of us. And uh, uh, probably the reason why I say that is because I noticed that whatever we had back there was insufficient. And uh, it's that thing there really sparked uh, who I am today by the fact that in everything that I do, I see I'm able to to have the ability to see what's lacking and probably just build up or come up with a solution to fix that. Um, like I said, we didn't have running water, we didn't have electricity. So what were we uh, using? We're using uh, paraffin lamps. And uh, we used to get water from, I don't remember where, but we used to go get it and fetch water and come and it was hectic i used to do it and i was very young still don't understand how i used to do that at a very young age um but then how that is linked to the business aspect of it is 
the most the fastest moving commodity in that neighborhood was charcoal and paraffin. And my goal, my ultimate goal, was to have a shop that I would sell these two commodities. And uh, first of all, I was able to recognize what was lacking. I was able to think of a solution. And I was able to become, to obsess about that solution, which I think is probably what has uh, driven me up to this day. I obsess about solutions to problems, um, which automatically makes me a fixer. And I have done that to this to this day. Um, but it started from a very young age when I was a very young boy. And up to, like I said, up to this day, I'm still the same guy. It's just that I'm doing it on a bigger scale. That's interesting. Talking about how in your community, there was a need that you identified, which was paraffin and charcoal. So you're able to notice this problem and I guess this is something that has sort of helped you, like you've mentioned, it's helped you become the person that you are today, right? Yes. So some people call you Afshan. I know a lot of friends, I met some of your friends from Kenya and they call you Afshan, but that's that's not your real name, is it? No, it's not. Um, <laughs> so Afshan is, I, 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 I coined that name. So when I was in school, first year university. I started business um, immediately after school, after secondary school, and I started selling, importing stuff. So I would import stuff from China, and then I would sell to people. And then I, it, it was it was it was fashion basically. I used to import shoes, clothes, and so on and so forth. And um, I was looking for a brand name that would go together with with what I was doing and I thought of African and then I thought of fashion. Then I took the AF and I took the Sean and I made them one thing and I made it a word. Uh, most people call me that. Although now I'm, I'm, I've, I've reduced, um, I don't use it as much because it's not in my legal documents or my legal documents. But yeah, I mean, people know me as Afshan. Quite a number of people actually. African fa fashion. Yeah. Afshan, <laughs> African fashion, Afshan, I love it. So your first business importing from China and selling to students, which I'm guessing this was more affordable. Tell me more about this first business and what are some of the lessons that you've learned? And I lost money every day. <laughs> I mean, I was, I've, I've, I've started businesses uh, probably for the last 10 years and I've I've, I've lost, I used to look at it as a loss, okay? But now I don't look at it the same way because the experience that I have today um, or the knowledge that I have today, I don't think I would have ever gotten it from anywhere else, not from school, not from people just telling me stories. I got it from those businesses I started. My first business, I used to import stuff and sell. I never knew anything about margins. I never knew anything about um, how to price products. Um, and I wouldn't necessarily say that I shut down that business because it failed. It didn't fail. Uh, I shut it down because, um, I, I didn't have the means to scale it. Uh, I didn't have capital access to capital. So I, I, I did it up to the point where I could do it, but it wasn't sustainable. And I was doing many other things. Um, but it was a good business. It taught me a lot of stuff. It taught me about imports. It taught me about distribution. It taught me about 
relationships because that's when I started building relationships. It was my first sales job, basically, because I used to tell people buy this. It's not really. Uh, it was very easy for me to convince them to buy, and it taught me about having an office set up because that's the first business that helped me set up an office. It taught me a lot, man. I I did that business for probably two years, twenty two thousand and six, seven, eight, maybe three years. And I can guarantee you for a fact the base that I have today, I got it from that business. Yeah, and then I of course I moved on to the tattoo parlor, to the tattoo school, to the music school, to everything else. <laughs> yeah. One time like this, make it pop like this, knock like this, make it drop like this. So you started out with um, African fashion, action. And then you scaled, or not scaled, but pivoted into a new business because you saw a new need or a new trend, right, in your community, which was tattoos, and tattoo parlor, tattoo school, music school, which ran for how many years exactly? Two, three years. Two, three years. What happened after that? Hey, I started, so the DJing thing was a very big deal for me. So you're DJing at the same time that you're running these businesses? So what happened is... And I was, yes, I had, we had three businesses at, at the same time. So we had the DJ Academy. So we had the I was the same place I was in. The same people were selling the 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 imports too. Also the same clans that used to get tattoos. Um, so I opened a tattoo parlor. Very good business actually uh, back then because it was new and everybody just wanted to get tattoos. But they were doing temporary tattoos. And then eventually we transitioned to permanent tattoos. But then we moved from our location where we were because we're in the middle of town and then we moved to a bigger space. So where we had the tattoo parlor, the, the DJ academy and the tattoo school. So it was a whole floor. And I think I was, don't think I was even 20 at this time. <laughs> Man. Uh, yeah, I mean, I did, I did this, I built this businesses, but I had a partner at that time, and which is something actually people need to learn about partnerships. I think half of the businesses I started that didn't work out is because of the partnerships that I had. Uh, we're not aligned in terms of our common vision. We never had anything like that, the direction of the business. So I, th I think the, the partners that I had always had a vision of the destination. But they never really factored in the journey, the process. So every time things got a bit hard, they would pull out. And then I would go back to square one. Excuse me. And that's what happened to all the businesses. Most of those businesses, uh, they, were not, they were all not mature enough to understand what actually goes into a business. Because running a business is rough. It's, 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 people don't talk about it enough, but it's, it's hard. And if you don't have partners that are there for... For that journey, it's not going to work. So I remember when my my the biggest challenge I had was when one of my partners came and said, "Oh, I need my DJ equipment." That's what we were using in the DJ academy. Yeah, so I had to I had to now start hiring, and we were hiring at a lot of money at that time. It was I think three thousand a day, three thousand shillings it was what thirty forty dollars a day. Wow. A lot. A lot. That's a it's lot. not sustainable. Very unsustainable. You've got ten, fifteen students. They're paying maybe a hundred dollars a month. It's not as you're renting a whole floor that you're paying maybe uh, maybe two three hundred dollars. It's just not sustainable. So, but in the process, I learned how to DJ. 
I was a bad DJ at that time. <laughs> before I moved to before I moved to Rwanda, yeah, I was a horrible DJ. But I knew there was money there, so and that's why I keep telling people that hard work always beats talent. Because when I moved to Rwanda and I saw an opportunity, I used to practice probably three four hours a day without fail, and I got really good. Um, and I got booked gig after gig after gig after gig until I became a big deal. Um, because I worked hard. I never saw myself uh, doing radio or TV or any any of this stuff. Um, but it worked out. I mean, I got the skill and I use the skill now to elevate myself to the point where I joined radio, joined TV. Um, and... Uh, from there now, that was before I entered tech. Now, now what I do today, uh, but it was a very, it was a very nice, good process. Um, I don't think that those businesses were sustainable anyway, because as much as they were good businesses, you couldn't scale them, which I think is very important. Now I look at businesses that you can scale, uh, because when you go to investors and you want money from investors, you need to be able to show them that you can scale this business. The business can grow. Yeah, because they want to know, okay, uh, if I give you X amount of money, at what point am I going to recover my money? And if you can't have that, if you don't have that uh, that plan, it, bec- it becomes a big problem. Even for yourself as you're building a business. If you really can't see scale, um, it becomes very hard. Yeah. So you've got this online. I think that's where your tech really started because you had this online business, Yeah. right? Um, so I started the, the online business, which was always my dream. When um, I was in Rwanda, after I went to Rwanda, did radio TV, went to Burundi, did radio TV, did radio, went to Congo, did radio. And then when I was in Congo, that's when I met um, a guy there who later became my partner, but that didn't work out. And that's how I now, he wanted to build an app. And uh, I spoke to a friend of mine, and that friend of mine now introduced me to him. Yes. Uh, and that's where basically I started now doing real business. Um, tech started there. So as we were building the app for this guy, I noticed that Tense and I were very aligned. Like we had we had some sort of chemistry that was sustainable and could build a business. He was a tech guy, I was a business guy. Um, we could relate, which is very important. Uh, because for those who don't know Yen, Sense is my co-founder and my partner. We've known each other for about 10 years, right? And I don't think Jens and I have ever fought like those major fights. No, we rarely disagree about anything. Uh, there's times when he called something or when he builds tech and I don't like, and he's like, this is staying. But even what he builds, it's, it's really good, but it just needs to be tweaked. But we have very healthy disagreements. Um, and from that relationship, we build a lot of, Products, yeah. I mean, most people know of what we built, Afri Delivery, and now Afri Supermarket. But before that, we had built like 10 other products. We built uh, Afri Taxi. We built Kids Cab. Did I ever tell you about Kids Cab? No. <laughs> they tried it first. Is this a cab for kids? Yes. <laughs> so we built a cab for kids. And the plan was to launch it in Zimbabwe. I did the whole thing. Built the app, built, got, rider, got drivers. I was in Zimbabwe at this time. We did branding, we did photo shoots. Uh, we had a, a proper product, but then it became 
a security issue. <laughs> so guys started asking questions like, how are you going to manage security for these kids? And uh, we didn't have answers, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mr. Ido and I. But it was just one of those products that were there. And uh, what else did you build that always stop? And we still own this IP up to this day. Um, but yeah, my tech life started from that, and and I'm very we're very good at building products, but I was still teaching myself how to build a business mm. because those are two, two are different. Those two are very different things. Um, building a product and building, building a, a business. yeah, building a product and building a business, and I feel like this is where now I'm ready. I'm mature enough to build a business um, and a product, um, and that's why I decided to jump back on this podcast because I feel like I've got quite a lot of knowledge to share and experience um and it's working so far it's working so far right dude it's working that's really amazing um looking at you right afri online is now on its way to six years as a registered business in zambia or afri delivery at least i know that much don't ask me how (laughs) (laughs) congratulations man congratulations A study by the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics shows that approximately 20% of new businesses fell during the first two years of being open, right? And 45% during the first five years. Of course, this is an American study, but I think it falls true around. I've did a bit of research and a lot of people sort of tallied this. And you can see also that about 65% will fail during 10 years. So in short, only 45% of businesses will make it which past is, 10 which years. Which is quite right? high, yeah. Yeah, but you are right now definitely part of the 55% that have made it past the five-year mark. Yeah. But what I want to know is this. Um, why do you think so many businesses fail within such a short amount of time? I mean, two years, five years, that's, it seems long, but it's, it's a short amount of time. Why do you think all these businesses fail and what is it that you have been able to do that has been able to keep your business running past this five-year mark that 45% of businesses never make it through? I think a lot of things. A lot of things make businesses fail. Um, there are a lot of factors. There's the business model. Are people able to adopt to your business? Um, there's a lot of things that make a business fail. But businesses have a lot to do with people. So let's start there. Do you have the right people? Are you the right person for that business? You can build a good product, uh, but are you the right person to drive that business? So me, I've learned that. And probably the reason why our business has been successful is the people. Um, I've been able to, in many cases, have the best people, including myself. I give a lot of credit to myself, actually. I never used to do that. But now that I look at it, I've put in work, I've worked hard, I've grinded, I've thought, I've been stressed, I've been, you've seen me go through all those emotions every now and then. And the, if you have the right people, chances of you making it are quite high. So I think um, one of the biggest reasons that we, um, we have been able to be successful is Oh, I was looking for market fit. <laughs> so does your product really fit the market? Um, so if your product is able to fit the market, at least you've got a 50 chance of making it. If you have the right people, that's another 50%. For you to start a business, is you don't necessarily need money, but of course you need money to scale. So I think most businesses, number one, don't have the right product. And number two, don't have the right people. So... 
like I said, this is people process product. So if you're not able to have those, then you're compromising that situation. Um, I think in our case, um, I was thinking about it yesterday. I spent, we spent the first two, three years building the business. And then now we're spending the other two years fixing the mistakes we made in the first three years, which is very, very important. Um, when we started, of course, myself, I never really thought the business would grow to what it is today. Self-sustainable um, skills by itself. And, and the minute it got to that point, it gave me enough room now to go back and reanalyze the business and now think about it from that perspective of how we're going to scale it, how we're going to sustain it. Um, so that helped us. It grew too fast, okay? And then we were able to recognize the mistakes we made in the beginning, and now we're able to fix them. We're still fixing them as we go. Um, another thing which is I always tell my people, my team is, I'm not build, trying to build the, be, the biggest business. I'm trying to build the best business, okay? Best always wins. Um, I remember I had a meeting with one of my partners and they asked me, how are you going to be able to, to counter all this competition that is coming up? And I told them, actually, since this competition came, our business has grown by 30%, which is true. Why has it grown by 30%? Number one. When you're alone in the market, it's not you're not able to educate the market enough because you spend a lot of resources introducing people to new products. But when you're many, you've got someone advertising the same thing that you sell. Okay? So that means you can compete on other things. Service. Okay? Uh, in our case, it's service. Um, and the good thing is that our customer acquisition, which means... Our, us getting new customers we were able to do that early so we've got the customers so what are you working on now customer retention keeping the customers how do you keep the customers by giving them the best service okay so my question to that partner my answer to that partner was my goal is to keep doing what I do my partner can do what they're doing I will keep doing what I do because the reason why my 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 customers will stay is because of the service they receive from me, you understand? Which is the best service. So as much as it is their concern whether we're going to be the biggest, it is not my concern. My concern is, are we going to give the best service to our users? And our users, I know our users, our users expect the best uh, from us. They want us to treat them as they deserve to be treated. And uh, that's how you keep your customers, man. So I, I do believe that our business will be there for the longest time. Um, and it will keep growing. And um, the ingredients to building a business for that long are not really... They're not, they're not things I can just come and put on the table and say, just follow this process. It's just something that you just have to find out yourself. But two things you need to understand. Have the right people, have the right product. Then the rest you figure it out as you go. I love that. That's, that's really amazing. It really shows... I, I like what you're saying about building the best. Because this way, it sort of makes you focus on your product. Makes you focus on what you're actually working on. 
I think most of the times when competitors come into the market, um, <laughs> like we saw not so long ago, I think about a year, year and a half, maybe two years ago, here in Zambia, we had the biggest online taxi hailing service. And then competition came in and that sort of drove them out of business. Would you like to comment on that? Yeah, I mean, I can comment. And I commented about it a, a while back. Um, I think as a business, you really need to have some steel balls. <laughs> you need to have some a, a certain level of self-belief. Um, and you really, really need to... To, to be consumed by it it's 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 an obsession okay so that when you're not shaken by some of these things because there are many decisions you make uh hasty decisions you make in business that really affect you and bring out your weakness okay and i keep saying that you should never let your customer see the weaknesses in your business even if we're going through tough times at work my goal is to make sure that my customer never says that because they will lose confidence in your product, okay? So if you believe in your product, even if competition comes, competition is always good. Uh, it's, it's healthy competition, but you also need to, first of all, really make sure that your decisions are not being driven by what your competitor is doing. That's a very dangerous route to follow because the person with the most money wins. The journey downwards is very hard. You reduce my price, I re you reduce your price, I reduce mine. You reduce yours, I reduce mine. You reduce. It's hard because you're reducing your price, but you've got money to sustain yeah. your business. I'm reducing my price. I'm depending on that money to run my business, that revenue to run my business. So I compromise my business. Uh, you'd rather have 10, 15 customers that you're servicing and you're servicing them well than losing your business. Get so it's tough, but also now, like I said, back to the people. Uh, if you have the right people, they're able to sustain such things. You really need to be very, very strong to deal with some of these issues, man, because business is war, it's a fight. And I keep telling my team the same thing it's a, it's a fight, man. And you wake up, you're fighting, you're fighting for that one customer to keep them. Um, and also now as we evolve, we notice that customers really want, there are actually enough customers out there willing to pay for value, okay? So what that means is that if you're able to have a business and you create value and you can show that value to your customers, they're willing to pay you a little bit more. And that's why it comes down to the best business. You understand? Because you can have... How many clubs do you go to? How many clubs clubs exist? Hey, man, it's like, it's like a billion. Okay. This is just counting the ones. Some clubs you go, you have a, a, a glass of whiskey for probably three times the price. And it's the same whiskey. So what is making you go to that club or bar or whatever? You look at that and you align that with your business. What is What value are you creating for people to come and say, you know what, I'll go with this option? And then you have a business. Yeah, but like I said, when you focus on building the biggest business, it's also okay. But me, you're focusing on building the best business. And that's why even our second business is quite getting successful. Yeah, Afri supermarkets. If you look at the growth of that business, 
screen man because we focused on that customer experience and it's working out i like this okay uh, we've really covered a lot about your businesses in the previous episode so if you'd like to know more i really recommend check out the playlist see a few other interviews we did with a few other people uh, so that you can know more about wallace's business but it's not just about business right because businesses are not created by ai at least not yet there's people, right? Yeah. There's people behind businesses. And when people meet successful people like yourselves, we always tend to focus on your successes and everything that went great for you. You know, you came to a foreign country, started a business, year in, year out, you've been winning awards, best delivery service, best online food service, powerful e-commerce platforms, right? And we tend to focus on these and assume, oh, wow, there's so much glitter around your life, so everything should be golden. But it hasn't, has it? No. <laughs> you personally have had down and under moments, right? Where things are just crazy. Could you tell us what that has been like? Yeah, I mean, building a business is... You know, people come and tell me they want to be entrepreneurs. And I almost want to tell them not to do it. <laughs> um... Because you go certain things that will destroy you as a person uh, if you're not strong enough. Um, I've gone through a good share of that uh, experience. Um, and the biggest issue is that, or the biggest challenge I have is that nobody told me. And if, even if somebody had told me, I don't think it would have made it a bit easier. <laughs> but uh, it will, in many cases, destroy. You go through challenges that you never see coming. Especially if, you, if you're running a big business. So for me, my goal when I started a free delivery was just to have four riders and make $1,000 for myself. But then this thing became a monster of a business. And I was like, what do I do now? You cannot shut it down. For example, like Jens and I were always saying that we migrate our servers from where we're hosted to another server. And it got to a point where we couldn't shut it down. It has never been offline because if you shut it down, you've got hundreds of customers asking, yeah, what's up? So it grew to what we never expected. Me, I never expected that. And then as it grows, it comes with its own demons. Um, it comes with Issues that everything is solvable, okay? But then it's hard when you're going through it for the first time. You receive letters for the first time. You're being sued for the first time. You are... I remember one of my partners told me that I should normalize court. <laughs> it was like, as you grow your business, you need to normalize court. And I didn't know what he was talking about. But... Now I see it. Um, I mean, you ask yourself why businesses have legal departments. There's a reason. And those legal departments are always full because there's always some issues that come with running a big business. But to you as a person, as a human being, um, for me, I think the reason why it consumed me is because, first of all, I never expected it. Number two, I never understood how me moving from where I am to here and leave family behind 
would affect me. So now you're going through all these phases and you've got nobody to talk about, to talk with. And when you go to the office, you work, you go back home, you carry your office home and it's in your head. And it becomes part of you. I remember the biggest challenge I went through was, I think, last year. So we started this new business. And we raised money. So raising money, yes, we raised and there was commitment. But the biggest mistake was this money would come one year later. Mm. You have made plans. You have engaged partners. You have engaged suppliers. You've engaged all these people. And the actual cash injection came in like a year later. Oof. And the business is running. The business is running, yes. But it's running on what? Yeah. On fumes. The business is growing itself. Yeah. But then you're owing all these guys because then the capital that you expected to sustain the business hasn't come in yet. Man, have you ever heard, I used to hear multiple voices in my head. Like I would wake up, I would sleep. Um, first of all, I would struggle to sleep. I used to take sleeping pills every day. I would struggle to sleep and then I would hate mornings because I used to wake up at eight and there's messages on my phone, man. And I'll be like, where do I start? Where do I start? I remember there's a time I just stopped going to work and I used to just go drink and I drank for two weeks straight. And <laughs> I don't think this was going to solve anything. Um, but the good thing is that the, the businesses themselves are not affected. But personally, me, I was affected. I even thought of leaving it. I was like, you know what, do I really have to do this? Because I analyzed my life and I was like, for me personally, what do I need? I've got everything. I have got shelter. I've got food. I've got clothing. I've got a bit of resources. I can just go home and chill. So all this extra work I'm putting in, what is it for? And that's why it's important for you to know your purpose. Because the minute you understand your contribution to the world, you're happy contributing. You don't feel like it's an inconvenience. Uh, I prayed about it a lot and I took some time off, which was the best time, and worked on some self-awareness for you to understand who you are, for you to separate yourself from your business, for you to look at the business as it is, and for you to look at yourself as you are. And that was probably the best time of my life because I was able to understand to what extent I can let things affect me, to what extent I can let people affect me, to what extent I can allow people or situations to get to me. And now I'm very easygoing. I'm chilled. I mean, I wake up, um, go to the office when I need to go to the office, uh, not drinking anymore. Um, and... Everything just seems to work out. Uh, and, and I like it. I'm in a very good space mentally. But the biggest struggle, the biggest problem is that I had to go through that process. It destroys you. It destroys you. destroys your confidence, your self-esteem. And if you don't have the right support system, you will lose, you will lose it. You'll go mad. Um, so it's, 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 it's something that people need to talk about. Um, something that people need to be ready for 
and um it, it works out eventually it works out but you have to be able to separate yourself from the actual business as a human being because the problem with entrepreneur founders they that's your baby so it's hard for you to leave it and say oh f it i'll deal with it when it comes but or when i can but it's 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 something you need to do because when you look at yourself and examine your yourself as an individual you're actually in a very good state yeah but if you let problems of the situations or the business is going through or anything that you're doing become part of you and then you become that it will consume you man you will live unhealthy lives you will you will practice and it's just one of those things. I, I even don't like thinking about it because i i never really liked the person i was at that time there's some traumas you go through like your phone rings and you're like as my phone is always on dnd up to this day do not disturb i've got 10 people that can call me directly i think you're one of them definitely <laughs> yeah but it's also something that you heal from and but it's also very rewarding yeah it's rewarding you being able to for me in my case like i've been able to provide employment for hundreds of people um um i've got a ton of freedom which also now comes to how do you define success success first of all is relative uh and it it depends on the individual so for you success to you might be you getting one extra gig or two extra gigs or whatever so success is not this um predefined thing that exists out there um something you define for yourself you define for yourself so when i started looking at it like that from that perspective I noticed that I was actually doing quite well. I mean, if I wake up today and decide I'm not going to the office, there's nobody that's going to call me and ask me, "Hey, why are you?" If I wake up today and decide I'll work from a different country, I can easily do that. If I wake up today and decide I'm going to eat this, I can easily do that. So if you look at that, that to me is success. I'm on top of that, am I able to provide employment? Am I able to pay my people? Am I able to wake up and create some sort of impact in the society. I'm able to do that every single day for the last maybe 10 15 years. So if you look at it, and my mom used to tell me this, my mom used to tell me I never used to give myself enough credit and she was right. I used to really beat myself up, man. Like I was I I like perfection. If for example, I would feel like if employees left my company, I would feel like I failed. But I also learned that these are people that have their individual lives that also plan to grow if they feel the environment that they're in they're not growing they have the right to go and grow somewhere else and i detached myself from that and i was like you know what i wish you all the best and now if you leave my company you're not my enemy unless you disrespect me or abuse me because i also want you to grow as an individual and i don't take it personally so learning to go through such things and growing in that and you having peace with yourself for me that success and people at the office will tell you now that I'm quite chill I don't shout the way I used to you remember <laughs> don't shout I don't get angry the way I used to yeah. um but also now I feel like that energy now also trickles down to the business because everything just now starts working out but this is a phase that everybody has to go through I guess uh, if you're lucky you have mentors you have sponsors and all that stuff and uh they'll support you but 
you have to build yourself as a human being to be able to go through this, those experiences. And in many cases, they'll break you. Yeah. But you have to rise up. Two weeks straight. <laughs> that's that's crazy. That's hectic. Yeah. I think I joined you on some of those. <laughs> yes, I yeah, I, I think uh, when you tend, when you're overwhelmed with pressure, you sort of tend to look for escapes, right? Yeah. Uh, for some, it's substance abuse. For some, maybe they'll just ghost everyone. And for others, they'll just become something else to try and, you know, mitigate yeah. this pressure, right? And I like how you've been able to open up and say, oh, look, I was going through so much. And it really led me to this place, right? Where I went on a bender for this amount of time, couldn't focus on my work anymore, couldn't do anything productive. But I know that over the course of you trying to meet your definition of success and you going out there to achieve your dreams, you sort of learned how to cope with pressure. Yeah. How, how, what are some of those things that you learned? Do you take breaks, time off from your day to day? How often do you do this? Are there people that you choose to spend this time, this day breaks with? Yeah. Yeah. T tell me more about your time off in short. Tell me how you cope with pressure. First of all, uh, the first thing I did is make sure that I surround myself with good energy. So good energy means people, the place you're at, what you drive, where you go. I mean, where you're present, you need to have that, some good energy around you. But one thing that made me uh, worked well for me was just having a sober mind. Like not feeling like I have to drink, to think. or And also now I recognize when something became a problem. Because for you to wake up and decide, oh, I'm going to drink today, every day for like two weeks. At some point, I think I did it for a month, I think. Then you have a problem. So you have to understand if you have a problem, you have to work on this problem, first of all. So the first thing I did is have a sober mind. Once you have a sober mind, then you're able to start thinking straight. Once you start thinking straight, you're able to face your problems. Because... Another thing that I used to do, I used to run away from my problems. But I now face them. Like, if I have an issue, I'll face it. I'll say, okay, this is what is needed. This is the challenge. This is the confrontation I have to have. This is what is going to happen. Do I have an attempt to, to go and attend to this? This is what will happen. So I'm not really scared the way I used to. Like, if there's an issue, I'll face it. And uh, I noticed I got rid of a lot of problems that way. Like, just... Facing issues can actually help you deal with them. Um, and I also, I got a lot of support from family. Like good vibes. My sister, my brother, my mother. We talk every day. Um, we, we, and I lot of, got a lot of support actually from them. Those guys fix my life 100%. They still do up to this day. And... Um, that helped me a lot. But I also, what I did is I analyzed my life too. 
and I was able to create boundaries. I know my values. So I was I started aligning myself with people that share the same values or understand and respect my values so that I don't feel like I have to compromise all the time. So if I get into a room with somebody and the energy they're giving me is not an energy I like, I move or I leave or I confront it and I discuss it with them. So that helped me a lot. But the biggest thing that has helped me is just self-awareness. Who you are, what you're doing, the problem you're going through, how you're going to face it uh, or fix it. And it has worked so far. Um, and then just making sure that the small things around you make sense and you're happy about them. You need to create some joy around you. I think most people really spend a lot of time trying to please other people other than themselves. But if you just analyze yourself and look at what makes you happy and comfortable and work, work on it, fix that, focus on that, I think it's achievable, man. It is achievable. If you want to eat this, work on eating that. If you want to do this, work on doing that. For me, I prefer working from home. I would do that. I want to go to the gym four days a week to do boxing. I do that. Um, and it's working. That's really encouraging. Work, do things that are going to work for you. I've also recently, <laughs> based on the issue of substance abuse, I've also yeah. recently decided to put myself on a break. Uh, my aim is 90 days. So far, so good. I started on the second because the um, first... How many, was, how many uh, days have you gone? So today, uh, since the day of filming, I think today is like my 25th. Wow, congratulations. Yeah. But it's it's not really... How do you feel? I feel great. The first week was bad because... I, you know, you never know that you have a problem until you have... You do not know you've got a problem yeah, until yeah. you know you've got a problem. Yeah, I, like, I remember I even when I stopped... I wasn't sober for like five days, man. Like your mind to adjust now to, and it's crazy. I mean, it's, I went, <laughs> I was having a conversation with people and I, it's like I wasn't having a conversation with them. You feel like you're somewhere floating somewhere. And I was like, I don't want to have this feeling ever again. Yeah. So I understand what you're talking about. So, like, yeah, so live it for yourself. And it it's really helped. Yeah. It's really helped me a lot. I think it's helped me, number one, get my focus right. And also to ensure that uh, I'm able to perform at the best caliber when I'm sober-minded. Because when I'm sober-minded, I'm able to see things as they are. Yeah. You know, when you're not yourself, whatever for whatever reason, maybe you're emotionally high, literally taking a drink, it tends to fluctuate the reality of things. Sometimes things seem worse than they are, yeah. which tends to be the case most of the, most of the times because you become so depressed, you become so engulfed in your problems that things appear so much bigger than they actually are. Yeah. But sometimes also it could make you overestimate your capability. Yeah. I'm sure we've seen a lot of people who are like, dude, you're drunk, you can't drive. You're like, no, I'm not drunk, I know myself. Yeah. And next thing you know, oh, <laughs> crashed this car or did something. Yeah. So I think it's really important. I really love that point. But another thing I learned is um, how to surrender. What I mean by that is the universe is, in many cases, trying to tell you stuff. Yeah. You really need to surrender sometimes and just let things go the way they're supposed to go. Don't always try to be fixing things. 
for example, in a relationship, if it's not working, it's not working. Stop forcing it. Okay? Stop forcing it. Because you spend so much energy and time trying to engineer things. But the universe will always tell you, this is not working. Stop. Just surrender and, and, and stop trying to fix things. And once I did that, I was like, everything just fell into place, man. You'll be shocked at what you overthink. The power of the mind is, is something. Man. The mind will magnify problems to the level that you're almost losing it. And there are certain things we take for granted. And they're probably the most important things in your life. For example, did you wake up healthy? Mm. You wake up, you're already thinking about issues, but you don't take time to acknowledge that you're actually alive and healthy. And things are going good. Yeah, because let me tell you something. Everything else you're working for becomes useless the minute, first of all, your body is not feeling right. I start there. So you have to be able to get in a place where you're able to just look at your position and be grateful. Gratitude is very important. You wake up, you've got electricity, you've got running water, you've got a TV in your bedroom, you've got Netflix DSTV, you've got a car parked outside, you've got someone that's coming to cook for you, doing your laundry. Personally, when I just sat and looked at my life carefully and saw what I had, I was like, man, there's no reason to be stressed, man. There's absolutely no reason. Yeah. There's no reason. Even if the business is not working out or the business has got issues, if you detach yourself from that as a human being, you're winning in life, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, a man like you, I, I like this part where you mentioned <laughs> you've got someone to come and cook for you. I know the reality, but I'm going to play it out like adults. You know, a man like you in his mid 30s. But I've got auntie that comes and cooks for me now. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. A man like you in his mid 30s, uh, I think you'd easily be seen as one of Lusaka's most eligible bachelors. Yeah. It's surprising that you still haven't gotten married or had any children. <laughs> Is this 100% by choice? Have there been certain points in your life where maybe like you would have wanted to be married, but based on certain experiences, maybe there's this person that you found and you're like, oh, this person is very much potential and yeah. consider doing it. But then you reach a point in that place, in that space, in that relationship where you sort of have to choose between you pursuing this dream of yours, pursuing your business, pursuing your goals to be successful, and you choosing the person that yeah. you're with. Yeah. What's what's the story? What's what is it, Mister Mister Wallace? Why why are you? I think it's just alignment. Um, I've lived, like I said, I've lived in quite a number of countries, and I moved a lot of bit. Um, but I've never had the pressure. Uh, I've never had the pressure of saying I have to settle down this year. And um, uh, I guess the opportunity has just never came. It's not like it's not like I said no to it. Uh, it's just it's just that it has never come around. And do I? 
Have, have I ever felt like, oh, I miss children and all that stuff? I don't think so. Um, but business has always been my first choice or what I do. My purpose, let me call it my purpose. And I've got children, my employees. <laughs> always coming to me asking me for things. And um, I enjoy it. But my own family, eventually I'll have one. Um, depending on God's plans. But I've never woken up and said, oh, shit, I need to have a family this year. Oh, shit, I have to get married this year. Next year. I never get that pressure from my family. Nobody in my family is married, man. And they're all older than me. It's just my younger brother. So it's not really something I woke up and decided, oh, I'm not against it. And, I'm, and I, it's just alignment. It just doesn't come about. If it comes about, I'll know. I'll feel it. Um, but I'm also... I feel like I belong to the world. What do I mean by that? Not the streets. <laughs> not, the <laughs> not the streets. Yeah, <laughs> let's uh, let's uh, clarify yeah, that. Uh, what I mean by that is that, that if I told about my ambitions, you'd be shocked. Um, I mean, you know them, I've told you. I'm the kind of person that wants to have homes in different countries. I'm the kind of person that wants to just move around and just see the world. So I haven't really... just said I want to settle here and just like no I believe the world is there for us to see and I keep telling people don't get married until you leave your country man because there's so much out there that you haven't seen uh, if you decide to take your partner and go see the world um, but for me it's just alignment it hasn't come about yeah yeah. but when it comes I'll let you guys know there's a person that you uh, were involved with once and at some point, she put so much immense pressure yeah. on you. And this was, uh, I think, during one of those times when, you know, business is crazy. Yeah. Things are wild. Not really wild in a bad way, but this person is putting pressure on you to get money from the business so that you can buy a car. And buy a Mercedes-Benz. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just wondering, man. As, do such things, do such experiences sort of make you feel like, look, um, the reason maybe why you're not married is because you feel like partners want the benefits that come with being... Uh, Business? Yeah, being being successful in your field. And that awards you certain freedom. You don't need to be at the office every day. Yeah. You know, um, definitely, yeah, reaping better rewards from the business because you've put in, sold in more seed. Right, so is it like a situation where people want the benefits that come with being with Wallace, minus realizing the work that it puts in? Because you said your business is your number one priority. Your employees are like your yeah. babies, but here's a person saying, "Oh, get money from your business so that you can buy a car." And there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with the car that you have. It's a really, it's a really great car, man. <laughs> First of all, I was very shocked and disappointed at the same time. Because the car I was buying was a pretty good car. I think I called you to come and test the car. Yeah. And then, and I wanted to get that car because I wanted to be able to move country to country. Like I can drive that car across the border and all that stuff. But the biggest issue is, um, first of all, you're doing that. Clearly, you don't understand how businesses run. 
you cannot make such decisions uh, where you just wake up and decide, oh, let me just get money from the... It doesn't work like that unless you're a criminal. That's theft. Yeah, it is. Um, if you want to make a purchase like that, yes, the company can do it for you, but there's procedures in place to do that. Uh, if the company is able to. Um, that's why I talk about alignment. If you have a partner and you're not aligned, or your values are not aligned, chances are very high that you will collide on one or two things. Uh, I like nice things, but at what cost? You get. So I don't feel like. Um, of course, what I am and what I have is always an advantage. But any partner I would get needs to understand that it can come, it can go. Um, and it has its own life. You understand? I am not my business. The business is not me. It has its own life. I've got mine. Yes. It has its own accounts. I've got my own accounts. So... Uh, you cannot come and look at me as if I am the business, okay? And um, I, I make this very clear. But I also put myself in, in spaces where I hang out with smart people that understand this. Yeah. I don't want to be explaining this to people. I want to, if I'm going to have a relationship with somebody, they understand there's a difference between the two. So don't look at me. Um, as a business. If you want a free delivery, that's cool. We can always organize that. <laughs> but do not come and act like, oh, I can just wake up and do this. I haven't had many experiences. It's just that one experience because I also don't go just dating around. Um, but if that was the case, first of all, I don't see myself putting myself in those circles where, where the, that level of thinking is tolerated. But I feel... Of course, it matters because what you have is probably what puts you in those circles and what you're doing. But you also need someone that to be able to differentiate and to know there's good times and bad times. You need to worry. They need to be ready for anything. Um, but I also feel like it's an advantage if you date someone that has some sort of resources. Yeah, it is. It's important. Um you need to be able to have that. They need to be able to have that level of security so that when things are not going well for you, hopefully, even if they don't support you, they can support themselves. Okay? Because you don't want to have the stress of having to support yourself and them, especially if you're not married. Uh, if things don't go right. But I don't think I've had those experiences yet. Um, and I don't think I'll have them. Because... I think I've spoken about this issue too many times. So people know that this is what's happening, yeah. I understand, I understand. That was interesting. Just thought to bring it up. So when I look at you, right, I see a very confident human being. Um, yeah. I mean, I've known you for <clears throat> close to six years now. Yeah, and I've really known you as a confident person, confident in your business, yeah. confident in yourself and your decisions. I really like that about you. I think it's something very admirable. Previously, when we're talking about competitors, you mentioned how you need to have a certain self-belief and, in your words, balls of steel. Yeah. Know? But I need to know, have there been moments 
where you felt like you lost your self-confidence or someone else put it to you and said, hey, you look like you've lost confidence in yourself. It looks like you've lost faith in yourself, in your goal, in your dreams to achieve your bigger ambitions. Yeah, um, a lot. And um, it's actually very sad when you think about it because I, I was telling people that my ambition was still is insane. And in many cases, you know, it takes the same level of effort to succeed or to fail. Mm. <laughs> Last year, November, November, October, one of my partners came down from Nigeria and he told me, showed him what we were doing and he was so impressed. And he looked at me, he's like, when I look at you now, you're not the same guy that I met two years ago. You look like you've lost, um, you stopped believing in yourself. And I thought about that thing. That's why I decided to take time off. I thought about it, thought about it, thought about it. And maybe it was true. Uh, it was probably true because, you know, the, sometimes when you go through challenges, uh, which is why it's important for you to not become the challenge, mm. to not let these things get into your head or consume you. Um, I think I'd gotten to that point where these things had gotten to my head. And like I said, that's why I give myself credit now because if you look at it, do you know how hard it is for you to build a business that you're guaranteed customers will come every day? If you just look at that part, I was telling my employees that you, you guys are lucky that you don't have the problem that most businesses have of not having customers. Because mm. some businesses always stress, oh, you do have enough customers. Because I was trying to to highlight or to to emphasize on how they should always work on treating their customers to the best of their ability, especially customer care. So that, because they don't have a problem of customers. And when you look at such things, there was absolutely no reason for me to have self-doubt, but I've had it a lot. And it's really bad when it consumes you and it, uh, I still have it to this day. Like I've, what was I thinking the other day? feel like I'm still not ready to attend some meetings. But the funny thing is when I attend these meetings and events, I always come out like a superstar. I talk well. I have quite a lot of information. But that's also something you need to work on yourself, like build yourself up, build yourself up, build yourself up until you get to the point where uh, you feel like you belong. It's an imposter syndrome. Uh, is that what it's called? Yeah. 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 Where you've got this little voice in your head that tells you, you know. Yeah. But I think it also builds up with time when you when you go through certain challenges. But those challenges are what builds you. So there are times, and I thank Mr. Emeka for telling me that because I started analyzing my life in a different way. Um... But I think I've worked through that now. I mean, like I said, um, how I define my success, my success is, is very different from what I used to think success was. I used to think success was a bunch of Lamborghinis outside, <laughs> uh, beautiful girls every now and then, um, 
flying everywhere in the world, Dubai and all that stuff. But man, it's none of that. It's it's one little win after another, one little win after the other. And once you achieve that, the self-satisfaction that you have, it will come out. You will feel it. Uh, yeah, self-doubt moments are there. Confidence issues are there, but you have to really work on it. Especially if you've gone through trauma, if you've gone through issues, man, you oof, you have to work through it, especially as an entrepreneur. Because the challenges you go through, they will break you down. I don't think people understand how heavy these issues are. I think, I, yeah, once I have start sitting with people and they tell me about their experiences, you will understand. But that's what I'm saying, that you as an individual, you have to invest a lot in yourself. You have to invest a lot in how you think, how you process information, how you speak, who you speak to. Just you need to look at yourself like a small, like an egg, and you need to really protect that because you're the person, you're the you're the person, you're the product, you're the lead. You know what Kiman is, yeah? You're the Kiman. Yeah. So if you're able to do that then such things will bounce off of you you not they will not affect you one time like this make it pop like this knock like this make it drop like you've mentioned certain traumas and certain events that you've been through that have uh, that may have shaken your faith right and it's not always what you're going through currently sometimes it can be something from like your childhood yeah like I think one thing that we have in common is the fact that we were both raised by a single mother yeah who stood in in both roles acting both as a father and as a mother so caregiver yet at the same time this is the person who's supposed to provide yeah this is the person that's supposed to ensure that she raises a man yeah. A woman raising a man. It's not easy. You know, the way Tupac put it, it says it's not easy for a woman to raise a man because it's just certain things that it's biologically, it's a biological issue. And there's nothing, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I want to know, right? Because you've mentioned having faith. Have you ever felt that the absence of your father has made you um, maybe seek out a father figure, look for your father, or in a way to sort of Reestablish that faith in yourself. Hmm. No. I went to look for my father, by the way, yeah? I think yeah. I told you. I didn't find him. Yeah. And then we, I went back home. That was two years ago or so. But I have to give credit to my mom because she's done an excellent job. Um, so my mom was a single mom. And she... So my mom left... When I was very young, I think I was 10, 10 or 11. And she came back 15 years later. So I, I grew up with a single mom, but she was also absent. So during this time, I was being raised by my grandparents. Did an excellent job. My grandfather, amazing job. I remember my grandfather used to be me in school. <laughs> the, the, the newspaper visit me ah visit you yeah with the newspaper and he visited me once and my aunties did the other days but I I think I had a father figure in him um of which now I see now as a, as a grown up 
Um, my grandmother too. Uh, I also spend a lot of time with my aunt. Um, I never felt like I was lacking anything. My mom did an excellent job at instilling the confidence that I needed in life to just to be great. Uh, and also the world taught me. Yeah? Because when she left, um, even if she's somewhere... She's still not there. You cannot go to her in the evening and tell her, oh, this shit happened to me during the day. Yeah. So you just have to learn how to deal with these things yourself. Yeah. And I had to deal with life when I was very, very young. Uh, I can survive in any environment. You'll be shocked. Uh, me looking for my dad, what was I looking for? I still don't know. Up to this day. We drove for maybe five, six hours to look for him. One way. One way. And then drove another six, seven hours back home, another one way to look for him. And we found some old man that knew him and stories, stories here and there. Went somewhere, had a great meal, went back home. Uh, but it hasn't really affected me. Um, I don't think I've lacked anything in my life. Of course, it would be good to say, oh, this is my dad. But if the dude doesn't want to be around, then it's cool. Um, I don't think I'll be an absent father. I've learned at least. I think it's a good experience if you raise kids. I can see the pride in my mom. My mom is very proud about her kids. Yeah. Uh, she has poured a lot in me personally. I mean, I think my sister thinks I'm actually quite favored. She's telling me I'm the only one that can convince my mom into giving me any amount of money that I need. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think I've because he's been a, a great son, good son. I've changed the world in some way, in a small way, but in some way. But I don't think it has really affected me uh, that much. Yeah. I think it's really great that you've created this environment where you're sort of, you're able to find confidence within yourself. Yeah. It sort of drives me to my next question. Uh, there's this popular saying where they say, it's lonely at the top. Yeah. And I really find this to be true because it's very hard to find like-minded people in any environment, people who've got your focus and who've sacrificed a lot to achieve a goal. I mean, looking at you, you've left your, you left your country, your home country, Yeah. moved into three, four, five other countries, built three, four, five other businesses. Yeah before finally coming to Zambia and being able to achieve this amount of success that you didn't even know was capable for you. Within Zambia, are there people that you have uh, found, maybe created a small community of people that are like-minded like you? Yeah. Sort of groups to create support for one another, for yourself, or have you found another way to have a support group or support people. I used to experience that. I used to experience loneliness before, but I know I don't experience it anymore. Um, it's not that I've uh, it's not that I've created groups of people that I can hang out with. It's just that I've removed the Lee from lonely. So alone, yeah. <laughs> For me, it's just alone. You are alone. Uh, so if you're alone, what do you do to create things that satisfy you? And I don't feel that loneliness, man. It's it's crazy. Especially, 
ever since I became, like I said, software. I don't experience it anymore. Uh, first of all, I've got a short list of people I value in my life, and I can always reach them if I want to. Video calls, phone calls, and so on and so forth. Uh, I'm not, I'm an introvert. Uh, so I spend most of my time indoors. Even when I'm going to malls, I feel some type of way because I, I'm i just used to my space. So how do you make your space work for you so you don't feel lonely? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a thinker. So I think a lot and I enjoy thinking, solving problems and so on. And I've somehow managed to create fun when I'm alone, things that I do when I'm alone that make me feel good and make me feel happy. If I want to go have a meal outside, I can do that. Uh, But I've created some joy in whatever I do and the space that I have by myself. And that loneliness doesn't exist. And I'm not stuck here. So if I feel like I want to see someone or I want to do something, I can always easily fly out to go see whoever I want to see. Um, I used to experience that when I was alone, when I, especially when I, in, in 20, 18, 19, and I used to cry a lot because I'm here dealing with issues. I can't talk to someone, but I also have to give my family credit for taking time to understand my business and myself. Because even when I talk to them, they're able to understand and ask questions. And you can see these people have actually paid attention. And it's an investment they have made, which it's it's important for if you have a partner or anybody in your life. Uh, invest in, in their interests. Try and, even if you're not interested, try and uh, spend some time trying to understand what they do so that it can make it easier for them to confide in you and to talk to you about these issues. So my family has created that uh, and probably one or two other people in my life here. And I can talk to them about things and they'll understand. Um, So I don't feel lonely anymore. Uh, It used to be there, but not anymore. Uh, And even if it comes, it's just there for a minute or two, then it goes. I like how you've mentioned, you know, if you want to have a meal, you can leave the house. Yeah. If you want to speak to someone about your issues you could just call them it's that simple right yeah so you do not necessarily need people to physically be around you for you to have emotional support of course it's important every now and then to have physical interactions with people right and this brings me sort of to my next question where you sort of opened up the world the world is your oyster you no longer think oh because i'm in zambia and everyone i know must be Zambian. Yeah. And everyone I know, of course, you know a lot of Zambians, me included. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. Yeah. And so this this sort of leads me to my next question, where you've sort of had this realization, this epiphany, where your mind has opened up. And I guess it must be exciting for a person like you who's in the driving seat of a business, a big business, not just a business, uh, a big business. What aspects of your career, if you can call it that, did you dream of that have come true? 
And what are some of the things that were beyond your imagination that have, you cannot believe were happening, but happening now? I like how you mentioned how you, at some point your goal is to have four bags. Imagine that. And $1,000 to yourself. That is your, it's more than four bags. It's more than four bags. So tell me, man, uh, what part of your dreams have come true and what are some of the things that you never knew you'd be able to experience that you're going through now? First of all, I have to say I'm grateful. I'm grateful for, to be the one that was chosen to, to have this task. I used to look at it as a burden at some point, mm-hmm. but now I look at it as a privilege. Um, when you're chosen to do something and to add value to something, it's it's an honor. And that's why I keep telling my team uh, that if you're doing something, it should be an honor for you to do it. You're contributing to something. So for me, I feel like it's, it's a privilege and I'm grateful to God, of course, for picking me for this task. And to be honest with you, all my dreams have come true. Um, I'm still dreaming bigger. It's you always dream new dreams, and uh, I'm working towards new dreams now. But all my dreams have come true, and um, I honestly saw myself doing this. Like everything I'm, I am, I saw it. I believed in it. Um. And I embrace it, and uh, I knew it was going to happen. And uh, up to this point, I'm, if you were to go in my head, um, I've got unbelievable belief about everything that I do. Um, the experience has helped, of course. Um, the proof of concept has helped. And it makes it easier as I move on to my next journey and build whatever else I'm going to build in the future. So to be honest with you, all my dreams have, have come true. I used to dream a lot of making a difference. I've done that. Uh, and I've gotten that satisfaction and reward that of what I, I don't think I've met... And, and it's very encouraging because when I go for events and I meet people, they can they tell me what you guys have done is crazy. And it is crazy. Uh, and now that the market has opened up and everybody else is doing it and we're still in business and thriving, it is still crazy. Yeah. That's when now you know that what you've built is actually proper and it's strong. Um, so to be honest with you, my dreams have come true. Yeah. Am I dreaming new dreams? Definitely. Uh I'm not even close to stopping. I take it a bit easy now. I take breaks and I think through things now because now I've got other people involved, partners, investors, and so on. And I don't want to just take risks. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Unnecessary. Unnecessary risks. But if I just take time and look at my life, I I, I think I'm okay. (laughs) <laughs> That's amazing. When you Google Wallace yeah. Ngige, yeah. a lot of results come up on Google. <laughs> I don't I just use the word Google and Google twice. When you Google Wallace Ngige, a lot of results come up. I've seen videos of you on ITC, International Trade Center yeah. Forum. I've seen 
your name on a lot of Zambian blog sites, Hot FM, one of the most happening radio stations. I've seen you on BBC. I've seen you on so many forums. Yeah. I think there's also one a UN forum. I think that's pretty amazing. I, I, I don't know. Did you see yourself? Didn't Forbes do something on you? Well? Yeah. I was on <laughs> Forbes in 20... I remember I bought the Forbes magazine yeah. when I landed in Zambia, 2016, 26th of October, 2016. And I was on that magazine. Wow. Crazy, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I saw all of it, man. Let me tell you, if you put in enough hard work, chances of you making it are quite high. Yeah. And if you work as hard as I did, Chances of you making it are almost guaranteed. Uh, I work. I worked hard, man. If you'd knock enough times, the door will open. I worked hard. If I look at it back then, I used to cry, man. Even how, you know, the what I surprised myself about is even how I did what I did. I don't. I don't understand. I don't think I would do that now. But I thank God because He gave me the power to do it at that time when I needed to do it. But I saw it all, man. I believed it, obsessed about it. Yeah. And I can see it. Even when I close my eyes like this, I can see it. I can see the way the future looks like. Clarity. I'm that clear, man. And yeah. <laughs> I saw myself getting there. I love it, man. So amazing. All I can say is congratulations on your journey. And there's still so much more. I'm really looking forward to see the rest of the amazing stuff that you do. It's interesting. Um, I mean, I think the biggest, one of the biggest accomplishments is, of course, after Afri Delivery, you moved on to Afri Supermarket. We started that business as a joke, yeah? And that business came before, my, the idea came before Afri Delivery. I wanted to open Afri Wholesale. Or like a basically a business just for groceries and I told my sister this when I was very young my sister was making fun of me the other day she was like when you were young you said you always wanted to open a supermarket and look at you now you're all grown and you actually opened one yeah. <laughs> it's just digital and it's open to the world um but I like I like I always I thought after delivery was, there was a bit of luck and I was hoping that the second business would not be affected by anything. And that's how you know that now you can actually build businesses. If you open one, it works. Then you open another one and it works too. Mm. That's how you know now you're becoming a proper entrepreneur. Yeah. And if you look at how that business has done, man, it's... Amazing. And the good thing is that all the mistakes you made with Africa Delivery didn't make with the new ones. And it's just a smooth operation. It's very I wake up in the morning and look at it every day. It's beautiful, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. What an amazing journey. What an amazing path you've been through. In conclusion, right? Yeah. I like what you said earlier. You mentioned that. Um, when people come to you and ask you, and I know a lot of people have come to you for mentorship and so on and so forth, yeah. and sometimes you feel like almost telling them, don't start a business, mm. right? What would you say 
um, in conclusion, so imagine people coming to you, asking you for mentorship, people coming to you and saying, hey, look, I want to quit my job and start a business, or I want to quit uni and start a business, or I just, I want to start a business. Of course, your first, your first thing is don't start one. Yeah. But what do you have to say to people saying, that's not enough? Um, if you want to start a business, start a business. But be, just be ready for it. Um, a business is not a hobby, man. It's not something you do and stop whenever you feel like. If you want to build a good business. It's... I'm looking for... And I, and I decided... I used to. I decided I'm not going to be doing one-on-one mentorships because the guys, most some of the guys I was mentoring, didn't have that obsession in them. They wanted it as a hobby. This is a side thing I'm doing, but it cannot be a side hustle, man. You can't. You have to work and grind through it every single day of your life. Okay, until whenever it grows. It's like a baby. You cannot raise a baby part time. You have to raise a baby full-time. So if you want to be an entrepreneur, well and good. But just be ready. It comes with a lot of a lot of issues. So you have just to work on yourself, man. Work on yourself as a human being. You have to be in- incredibly sober-minded. Because if the pressure gets to you and you're not able to handle it, can kill you literally yeah and and depression is a norm <laughs> you will get in and out of depression every now and then and uh you need to practice healthy ways of dealing with the kind of pressure that comes if you're lucky uh then it might be a bit easier for you but i know one thing for a fact everybody starts from zero so you just still have to go through that process but it's very rewarding once you get past that, to give you joy. Yeah, to give you some joy. To Once you change the world, you'll feel it. I mean, you'll feel it in you. And um, I would encourage it. And also now, one thing, about, especially growing economies, I ever go to the business side, growing economies are sustained by SMEs. Um, I think one of the reasons why Kenya is successful is because there are a lot of middle-class people. These middle-class people come from small, medium enterprises where you build a business and you hire your friends. You guys have got a business, four or five people that are getting paid good money. And then your friends open businesses. I think that is something that is lacking in Zambia. Let me tell you, there's a lot of problems with, not really problems, but there's the environment is not suitable for SMEs. Let me tell you, it's impossible for you to get capital here. Regulations are also not sometimes fair. I was in court the other day because of an issue and I was looking at it and we solved the issue, yes. But that issue didn't have to go that far. And there's a very big disconnect between regulations and the reality of the business. Because I was asking the some of the regulators, um, do you really are you have you been able to understand my business and examine it and know what we do and know our bottom line and so on? Just because employees are coming to work doesn't necessarily mean that the business is making money. Okay, 
So the environment, and I'm hoping that eventually I'll be able to get a position to address some of these things and actually help SMEs because the environment is it's tough. I saw Kenya um, approve a bill for startups. I think they call it a startup bill, something where they give you tax breaks mm. as a startup for a number of years. Mm. We need that. We really, really need that. So there's a lot to do, man. There's, there's, there's quite a lot. And I feel like I've now matured to the level where I should come in and help um, address some of these issues because now I've experienced them firsthand. Yeah. Okay. And it's tough, man. As long as the SMEs are not thriving, the economy will struggle because most jobs are not supposed to come from the government. The government cannot be the highest, the biggest employer. The biggest employer. Cannot, man. You cannot sustain an economy like that. Sustainable. Yeah. Especially now where the economy is, is... Yeah, you need to build, you need to build small, medium-sized enterprises for them to employ people, private uh, businesses. Yeah. Once you get there, then you have a thriving economy. Do not yeah. be affected by anything. I hear in that, uh, where you mentioned the government being the highest employer in a liberalized economy. Zambia was liberalized in 1901, before I was born. So it doesn't make sense that years later, after the government has sold off all its assets, all its mines, yeah. it's got very little assets left in it. It's still the biggest employer. There's a disconnect there. The disconnect there. And these tax breaks are always given to <laughs> Europeans when they come here. I've got nothing against Europeans. I love Europeans. I love Yens. And it's unfair that quite a number of we locals do not get to enjoy the same benefits. It's sort of stifling growth. I think yeah, it's, it's, if something is not interesting enough, man, nobody will be attracted to it. Yeah. So I cannot be having the same regulations as big businesses have. It doesn't make sense. I'm self-funded. Even if I get loans, I'm getting them at ridiculous interests. Yeah. You cannot treat me the same way you treat other businesses. I've employed hundreds of people indirectly and directly. Um, there should be some sort of reward that I'm able to talk about to encourage other people to get into this. Uh, and if it doesn't exist, it becomes hard. But you can only go to a certain point. So I consider myself lucky that even through this, we're able to push through and so on. But it's not easy. So, yeah, my advice, I gave two people advice, people coming in as entrepreneurs and regulators. Learn our businesses. It will help you a lot to regulate. Learn them. Because unless you understand our businesses, it will be hard for you to come up with some sort of a fair share of how we should be regulated. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you for those insights. Um, I really love the fact that you've tackled both people who want to be entrepreneurial, but also people out there who are watching, who work in organizations that are regulatory bodies to sort of try and meet everyone in the middle so we can have a better, more thriving economy. Yeah, I think my last words are that it's been really amazing having this conversation with you. I really feel there's so much more we could unpack but really you've given us such a concentrated detailed uh, life story detailed account of your experiences 
and the struggles that you've had. Yeah. So thank you so much for sharing your time and for creating mentorship uncomplicated where we can discuss such issues on the ground level and really tackle them as people. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, thank you very much for agreeing to do this. And uh, it's always a pleasure having a conversation with you. Um, and, and thank you for taking interest in um, what goes on in, in, in this life and uh, everything at large. So it's also a privilege for me to be here to be discussing this with you. Yes, and in conclusion, uh, this episode is sponsored by Afri Delivery, uh, e-commerce platform where you can order anything. And you've got a special feature there called uh, Special Request. If you want anything from anywhere, download the app or go to our website, afridelivery.app, to get anything that you want. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in to Mentorship Uncomplicated. Uh, we are going to be, do, be, be doing this um, um, every other week, and we'll have guests that will discuss uh, different topics and uh, different issues. And of course, hopefully, you will learn something from them. Thank you very much. Cheers. One time like this, make it pop like this, make it knock like this, make it drop like this.